coming in at six foot four, number one, Patty's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Patty, and welcome to Patty's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram, at Patty's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, guys. Playbook, back in action. NBA, round one playoffs. And we're with the big fella, Mitch. How are you, mate? You excited? Mate, I'm excited. Best time of the year. Playoffs are here. I can't wait to talk about it. Let's go. Let's go. Huge episode. We're going to dive into our accountability. We had our season preview, obviously. All year we've talked, we've done podcasts. If you've missed them, jump back in, have a look, have a listen, especially our top 10 players right now in the NBA. It's a great episode, but accountability. We had some hot takes at the start of the year. We're going to run through them. We've got a dilemma, a team that we have to talk about, unfortunately, how they went. We've got a little fun, fun draft, fun draft regarding players that are going to be potentially on a new team coming into next season. We've got some hot tips, betting tips, all brought to you by Top Sport. We'll get to them at the end, but obviously we're going to preview all teams, all matchups, East, West, and just pull it apart. Really exciting. So, mate, I want to start with a bit of accountability. Start of the year, we had our hot takes, as I said before. So, you, your hot takes were, one, the Golden State Warriors to finish in the top four. Because last year, they struggled a bit, obviously. Now they've got all their players back and they finished third. So how do you feel about that take? You know, were you, were you nervous going in saying that? No, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous going in because I knew we, knew, we know what the team is around the Warriors. We know what they're capable of. We know how highly offensive they are in, in attack. Um, and then they actually turned out to be one of the better defensive teams this year. With the emergence of Jordan Poole, um, the comeback of Clay Thompson, and just have the, the, the big role players around them, I was no doubt. I thought they were going to be top four in the West, and they've proved to be that. Beautiful, mate. Your second pick was in the East. You had the Chicago Bulls to come out of the first round in the playoffs. Obviously, the playoffs are starting now, so we don't know if that happens. But essentially, the Bulls were on top, you know, in the number one seed for nearly half the year, half the season, about one third of the season. They were incredible. And we all know injuries come up, you know, come into the league and have another squad. And it's been tough, but it's still a nice take. And they probably deserve to, they deserve to finish top four and get home court, but it will be tough against the, um, the reigning champs, obviously the Milwaukee Bucks. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, look, given halfway through the season, I was, I was pretty happy where they were. Um, they had every right to be number one seed the way they were playing. And then obviously some niggly injuries coming about. But then also we didn't go to the fact that they really do struggle against the big teams. The mm. big teams of each conference, they have a very, very poor record against. So that this really hindered their, their spot um, in the standings. And now they're going to verse the reigning, the reigning defending champions, the ferocious Bucks, And that is not going to be a pretty serious thing. So my hot take for the first round going through does not look good. But you got to, yeah, I, I agree with that. But still, like, it was just unlucky. Like, they were... If they finish top four, I think they most likely go through. But anyway, that's, um, that's that. Mine, mate, I had the Dallas Mavericks to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, that's not... We're just starting the playoffs now, but 
I am nervous now. We, we know what's happened to Luka Doncic. We will get to our preview a bit later. So I'm a bit on edge with that. I don't think, I'm not feeling confident. It was, you know, worth a shot. He's been rolling, MVP candidate. But yeah, it's it's not looking good for me, is it? No, it's not, mate. Unfortunate <laughs> for Luka. We'll, we'll touch on that um, when we get to the series matchup. But uh, something that we don't want to say, because you know, we know both of us really love Luka. But um, yeah, we'll touch on that soon. Beautiful. And my last one, bro. I had to match your Warriors and I've, I got a bit ferocious. It didn't pull off, but I'm kind of semi-counting it as a win. I had the Boston Celtics to finish number one, the top seed in the East. They started the year. They were rubbish. The All-Star break came around. Bang. Defensively, they shot off and they finished second. And they're not close to the one seed. Your, your Miami Heat locked that up very comfortably, but it was a hot take, which kind of, kind of went to its fruition. Well, I guess that is true. And it was very close. It was a very good pick. It, it all actually came down to that Miami Heat-Boston uh, game in the last, mm. it was the fourth or fifth last game. Miami won that game. So if Boston would have won that, I think they would have ended up number one seed. Could have been tied with Miami and they would have won with the tiebreaker. Um, but yeah, very close. Very good pick. They have come home very strong in the second half of the season and they've got some bit of roll forward now going into the playoff. Yeah, very exciting for that side, obviously. So... That's our accountability, mate. I think we've both done pretty well. Obviously, yep. two are still hanging the um, hanging out for decision, but yeah, it's um, a bit of fun. So I think we'll we'll stick to that every year and ride them home. Yeah, I've got a little a fun draft system I've got for the listeners, and yeah, I, I can't wait to get into into it with you. So we're gonna do a draft, five rounds. You're the um, you're the visitor on the podcast, mate. I'm gonna give you the number one pick. So how it's gonna work? players that we expect to be in a new team next year in the off season, whether it's trade, whether it's they force their way out free agency, mm. however it is players that you expect to be on a new team next year. So you'll get the first pick. I'll get the second and we'll eliminate it. And then when we do our huge season preview next year, or even after the playoffs, we'll have some discussions. Yeah. I think next year season preview, we'll pull this apart to start the show and see how we went and how um, some accountability once again, see how our predictions went. Um, Hussey, mate, number one pick, far away. Who's going to be on a new team next year? Anyone in the league? Ooh. The two players, I've got two players that said it to me, but I've been trying to think. Um, look, I think number one for me, I'm going to have to say John Wall. Ooh. Yeah, John Wall has not played this year at all. Um, he, does, he does have a player option next year, but I don't see him being... I think somehow the team should work out how to get rid of him okay. somehow with a trade because he, how is he going to have two years off with the, of the NBA? Yep. So that's why I think I'll go with him for my number one pick. Right, that's a nice pick. And I'll be honest with you. I did not have that on my list. My list of 10 here. I did not have that. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Pick number two. I take Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. He said at the start of last year, please give me help. Has the help arrived? No, they've traded half their team away. We know what happened at the deadline. I just can't. I know he wants to stay loyal. He's one of those guys, but I just think enough's enough. And I really can't see him there again if they don't get help. Can they get help? That's the question. I don't think they do. So I think he goes to a bigger market to try and win a chip. So Dame Dollar for me. Yep, that's a nice one. Um... Did you expect that or you, you thought I'd take someone else? No, I didn't have him on my list either. Wow, what a start. Yep. <laughs> Third pick, mate. <laughs> Talk to me. All right, mate, I'm going, I'm going with the point guard out of Lakers, Russell Westbrook. Now, 
Now, with that explanation, um, there have been rumors creeping up about potentially a trade between Lakers and Charlotte, where they'll trade the expiring contract of Gordon Hayward and maybe a couple other pieces to make up the money. But um, given given that there's so much going on at Lakers and then all the all the salaries locked up by that big three take up all the salary cap. I think they're going to be a way to move west because they're not going to be any different than they are were than they were this year going into next year or next season. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll see. I think we can see Westbrook moving somewhere to next season. It could be uh, Charlotte. Awesome, mate. I like that pick. I've got a another Lakers player here that I want to pick, but I'm not going to pick him now because you've taken a Lakers player, and I can't. I can't risk that they'll move two players. So I'm going to go with the big boy. Big boy down south from NOLA, Zion Williamson. Lock him in. I don't know what... We'll, we'll actually, we'll talk about it now briefly. I don't know what, what the Pelicans do because they're in a nasty situation. You've got to pay him the max. That's just the truth of the matter. If not, someone else will pay him the max. Apparently, I've read some reports today that the Pelicans and him are on total different wavelengths on how to look after his body and stay fit. And his weight's fluctuating. Apparently, it can fluctuate up to like 20, 25 pounds. It's ridiculous. Um, and then you look at the other side, teams that want to, you know, make a trade for him or sign him, they have to pay him the max. Are they scared of his future and his health? So it's a bizarre situation down there. Zion at four for me. What's your thoughts on that? Go off the back of that, Paddy. Given what you just said, take away his injuries or whatever was wrong with him. What you said was pretty key, the relationship between him and Pelicans. Mm. Relationships, relationships matter. If you don't have a good relationship with your team, with your coaches, your staff or whoever, then it's just not going to work out. If they're both not on the same page, then they're both. They, I think he's going to have to go, or he's going to have to ask for a trade, or because either way, he will get paid. But do you want to risk that with someone who doesn't want to be there? Exactly. Yep. We'll see, won't we, mate? We'll see. The number five pick. It's all yours. Um, going off the back of what I said previously, Westbrook. I think Gordon Haywood. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go complete with just that, wow. that trade, Gordon Hayward leaving Charlotte. Um, and this is another explanation with that. Uh, Westbrook will have an expiring contract by the time uh, Lamelo Ball and then Miles Bridges will have their new extensions coming. So I think that we're trying, Charlotte trying to do is just free up all that cash to be able to sign Lamelo and Miles Bridges to an extension and look for that maybe third star or just some other key role players to build around them because they're both very up, young up-and-comers and, and they, they need them too to stay there because that's, they need to build just off them too, I think. Mm. Yep. That makes sense to me, bro. I did not have him on my list. All right. Yep. The sixth pick. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. I don't want to go another Laker because you've got him. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go bold. We're going to get into our predictions. I'm going Donovan Mitchell. I'm not confident. Ooh. Oh, I had to. I had to take it. <laughs> I had to, mate. I, I, they could kill it. This, this, is, this is all risks. They could kill it. This, these playoffs, they could get to a Western Conference potentially. Who knows? I just, I had to take him. There's, when there's whispers, you know, outside noise, things are usually come to fruition. I think there's a lot of pressure on this, obviously on his jazz side. And if he gets unhappy, there's been back and forth with him and his teammate, Gober, about getting on issues, you know. We'll see. But I'll take Mitchell at six, mate. I did not have him on my list either. Wow. This is good. Number seven for you. Um, 
I don't think a big controversy, but it could be. Um, I want to go with DeAndre Ayton. Ayton nice was, was a number one pick a few seasons ago. A few players have got, that were in his draft got signed to max extensions. Now, he did not get signed to the max extension with the Suns. This is his fourth year, so going to next year, he's a free agent. Um, now, look, if Aiden, has, if Aiden has a killer series and the Suns win, then maybe he goes, oh, well, look, um, I had a great series. I don't want to take 20 million from Suns. How about I'll try and get 30, 30 plus from another team? Look, I think, and also with not getting offered that, that extension, being a number one pick while other people in your draft did, I think there's a bit of something there in the back of his mind, I think, you know, like why, why didn't I get paid when all these other guys who got drafted up or down, sorry, whatever it is, mm-hmm. didn't or did, sorry. Um, so, yeah. No, it makes sense to me, mate. I had him on my list. He was probably the next guy I was going to take. So with the eighth pick, I will take Anthony Davis. You've got Westbrook. I'll take Davis. I think something has to happen to the Lakers. And there's already been rumors, trade rumors, you know, trading him, getting... Before he signed off the Lakers, there was rumors, you know, he was interested in going home to Chicago. Chicago have assets they could trade if they wanted him to make a big two, big three. Going to be interesting, but I just think something has to happen for this Lakers side. And he's on a big deal. I think next season, he's on 38 mil the year after. 40 million, Anthony Davis. He just can't stay fit for me. I think he's made of glass. Great player. When he won the championship, great player. Top five player, him and LeBron. That's facts. But the last, you know, he two years, he just can't stay fit, can't stay on the court. So I think he, something has to change for him. He'll be on his way. Okay. Okay. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's fair to say, mate. Fair to say. We'll guess we'll find out, you know. Mm, Nice. Um, Bit of fun, but yep. All right, your last pick, number nine. Talk to me. Well, look, you done it to me, so I'm going to have to do it to you. I'm going to pick Rudy Gobert, <clears throat> Utah. Nice. Now, for me, why it's different compared to your pick in Jonathan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert previously got signed to the max extension or whatever it was. Now, they've had a very, very good team for a few years now and they have not done anything with it. Have not been past the second round. Uh, lost in a bubble down, down up 3-1. And they lost to Denver. Um, so blown it there. Now look, Donald Mitchell is the franchise player of Utah. He's a name. He's the face of that franchise. D-Wade just come a part ownership there. He has a very good relationship with Donovan. So I expect if they do get somehow lose in the first round, or they definitely lose in the second round, some some things go wrong there with some chemistry or just some arguments to heat heat back up from previous between Mitchell and Rudy. I can see this Donovan saying, look, we need to get rid of him. And yeah. I think there's a high possibility he is going compared to Donovan. No, I like it, bro. I had him on my list. That's, that's very fair to say. Okay. The last pick of the draft. This is a hot one. I don't know if you've got this on your list. Do you have any Chicago Bulls players on your list? Uh, I do. One, I think, you, I think you're about to say it. Okay. Maybe it's not so hot. Zach Levine. Yep. I yep. had him on my list. Beautiful. I just think if we talked, we talked about your hot take before with the, the bulls, they started the year phenomenal injuries crept in. They're on the number one seed for so long and they've come crashing down. I feel like we've, we've got actually a nice little, a betting tip later on. We'll, we'll get to, but I, I think this Milwaukee side, yeah, it could be a long series for them. Just a short series, I should say for them. So if they, you know, it's a disappointing it's just- year for the bulls, if they can't make any noise. 
look, it's unfortunate because they have to come up against the Bucks. You know, it's given how good they've gone, but realistically, this is the first time Zach Levine's been in playoffs. First, I think this might be the first time Vucevic has been in playoffs. I'm not too sure. Um, look, I'm just I'm. I'll say this now. I think it's a good possibility he could go, but Chicago will have some money fit to pay him. Yeah. And I think they'd rather pay him than find like Vucevic to extension because Levine was there. He's been through it all. Flat out scorer, very athletic, still young. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good possibility he could go, but it's also a very good possibility that they decide to extension. And then after next season, Vucevic might not get re-signed. Yep. Just with money issues. Yep. To that, I was just reading a report. $248 million is the figure being thrown around to keep Levine. But I agree with everything you're saying. But unfortunately, I don't think this is his team right now. DeMar Rosen has been phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. Yep. All NBA. Yep. What happens if the team says, mate, come over here, come sign with us. Max Deal, you're the number one option. You're the guy. Let's go. Who knows? But I, I like that. And yeah, we'll see. So, mate, that was a bit of fun. That was a bit of fun. Your picks, your five guys, you got John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Gordon Haywood, DeAndre Ayton, and Rudy Gobert. I've got yep. Damian Lillard, Zion Williamson, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Davis, and Zach Levine. So, as I said before, next year's... um season preview big season preview podcast we'll pull that apart and dive into a bit of accountability and see how our picks went i enjoyed that any last comments for that yep. that segment <clears throat> no nah, man that was wonderful i had a bit of fun there it was good i can't wait to see the outcome to be honest beautiful beautiful. now, now how, how does that work does, does it work as in like a point for whoever goes or yeah we'll just see who got the most like if is this a bit of fun or are we placing a bit of money on it i think a bit of fun i didn't <laughs> I'll have to reassess my picks, mate, and see how my team's going. Crunch some yeah, I'm very confident about mine, to be honest. Yours does look good. I think you've outdrafted me, but maybe I shouldn't be a GM. <laughs> okay. I need to get your last approval for this team, and then I don't want to talk about them ever again unless something crazy happens in, during the playoffs, which I don't think will. But I just want to paint a picture for yourself and the listeners. The Los Angeles Lakers. To start the year... They're expected to be a good side, not a great side, not a bad side, just a good, solid side, a good, solid basketball team. 50-plus wins. They've got a big three. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, both won championships there. They bring in Russell Westbrook. We all know how the season goes. There's injuries, no continuity, chemistry, COVID, plenty of rumors and harsh words being thrown around. Most of the season, hanging around the play-in, Game 82, the last game of the season. They win. They win. They finish with 49 losses for the year and avoid a 50-loss season. They don't make the play-in. It's a disaster. It's terrible. It's embarrassing. The Los Angeles Lakers. Frank Vogel, head coach, sacked. Do you have any comments for this team? It's the last time I want to talk about them, what you think might happen in the offseason. We know how the year's gone. I painted the picture. Any last comments before we move on? I just I need to get your approval. What you think might happen? Look, no matter no matter what they do, they will not be any better next year. I will say that they're going to be one more year older with all these old players. Now, Russ, LeBron, and AD take up at least almost ninety percent of the salary cap they have going into next season. Probably wrong. Percentage is probably wrong, but it's going to be at least eighty minimum. Um, they're going to have no money to sign any extra good players. 
So where does this team get better? And then they finished 11th. They finished out of the plane. So where, how does this team get better? I don't think it will get any better. I think they're going to be a shit show if they keep the same team next season. And it's really going to hinder and just look bad on LeBron's legacy later in his career. Even though he is old, he's done everything in the game. It's just not going to look good, isn't it? No. So that's why when we did our draft, you've got Westbrook. I've got Anthony Davis. I think one of them has to go. Personally, I don't know who takes Westbrook's contract. I know it's expiring. but I see more value in the AD trade, but I just don't know. Something has to give. One of those players has to go. I guess I could ask you this now. Could LeBron go? Would he demand a trade? Oh, I, don't think, I don't think he'd want to do that because he, he hasn't been traded in his career. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he'd it'd be bizarre. Does he want to, I don't think it would look good him asking for a trade. I think, the, the, honestly, the favorite to go would be Russ. And I'm going to ask you this question. After next year, when his contract expires, what happens? Does he retire? Because he's not going to sign for, he's not going to sign for less than 20 mil. Well, no one's going to take him either for 20 mil, 15 mil. Anyway, what do you think? The saddest thing for me with Westbrook, right, this year, I'm the biggest fan, we all know that. But he can't acknowledge what's happening, how bad he's playing. The effect, it's like, oh, it's the coach's fault not putting me in crunch time or letting me play my, my game style. You're spot on. I, I hope he doesn't expect another starting role, maybe in a bottom four side in each conference. Expect to pay a six man maybe off the bench. What, 10 million a year? If he's lucky? I don't know. I don't know anyone that would play 20. He could be. This could be another Carmelo Anthony situation. He was out of the league for a year, 18 months, comes back, gets a lifeline with Portland, signs with the Lakers this year. He actually quite, played quite well, Melo. But this could be one of those things where he's out of the league for a year, two. It might be a, a trade deadline, you know, just a, a vet minimum. It could be little 10-day contracts. I don't know. It's bizarre to think, but you're, I think you could be onto something. Look, I think I, I pointed this out to you maybe during the season. I thought, why not have Russ come on a six-man, bring him mm. off the bench with, the, with some of those little role plays, and that way it takes the pressure off him. Because when he's starting, he's the guy holding the ball. He's the most paid player on the team. He's not the best player. Mm. So that gives him more pressure. Why not just say, look, mate, how about we just try this? We're going to bring you off the bench. You run all the plays when you're on the floor. You have all the ball. And let LeBron be the point guard when he starts and then have some, get some chemistry going with some of the other bench players. You know, I think just got to try something different because in playing the same way will just make him worse next season. Yep. Spot on, mate. I've got no other, no other comments for the Lakers. Um, is, that, is that your last, last words? Anything else? Yeah, it is my last words. I, got, I don't want to waste any more time talking about them. Yeah, awesome. I, mate, I, we can't touch base on them for the rest of the year, not unless something crazy happens, a crazy trade. But yeah, that Los Angeles Lakers tied up, done. See you next season. All right, mate. We're here. The playoffs preview. East or West, where do you want to start? Your, your call. Look, I reckon we start with the West. We start with the best team in the NBA. Beautiful. I'll scroll down. The number one seed, the Phoenix Suns, post number eight. They won today, the New Orleans Pelicans. I think, what, nine out of 10 people? Eight out of 10 people would probably be picking the Suns to come out of the West. It's a pretty simple pick, but I'll actually just say this. With the Suns, I'm just, I think they've gotten better from last year. Just watching them, I just think they're a well-oiled machine. 
If they're winning by 14, if they're losing by 10, if it's a one possession game with two or three minutes left, they just play the same way. They just play the same way. They, they believe in their systems. They believe in their players. They defend hard. You've got, what, two top 15 players in the league, D-Book, CP3. It just works. Great coach. Yep. Is yep, it- I agree with all that, mate. They were better than they were last year. Also, with the experience coming off that deep run, being in the mm-hmm. finals, it just adds another bonus. Also, another thing, they're much more hungry. They're the exact same team, so they know they can go one step better. Yep, they got a chip um, on their shoulder. And look, I while they're versus Pels, I think they're going to obviously win. Pels have been much better since they traded for CJ. They look so much better. Offense looks, just looks, looks more fluent. But really, there's not much experience. Um, I don't think they'll match it defensively. Maybe match it in the, in the attack, but just be too much for Pels. Do you have any key players in this series? Guys that just need to be like, okay, I need to stand up a bit or I need to show. I think CJ has been playing really well of late since that trade. And he's obviously elevated them, got them into the play-in. They've, they've made the playoffs. It's, it's actually quite phenomenal. So he's yeah. just got to do yeah. his thing. He's got to keep rolling. But I think Brandon Ingram, B.I. Yeah. Yeah. Just has to, I just don't know how the matchups work. CJ is going to get stuck out there pick and roll, put it on an island. I don't know. Look, they're, they're going to have to figure out some different ways to score Pels just because how deep they are defensively, the Suns. They're just going to have guys on the wing who are just going to suffocate you. So for me, I think the person who has to stand up for the Pels team has to be CJ. He's got the playoff experience. He's been there before. He's got to be the leader. He's, he's got to be the leader. He's got to average at least 25 points a game for me. Yep. We know what he can do with the ball offensively, but obviously defense is another thing. And when a game slows down, you need to figure out how to try and stop the other guards. Yeah, spot on. Can the Pelicans pinch a game here? Five games at worst? Are we being generous? Definitely not. They're not winning more than one game. They could yeah. win one game. Mm. That's if they go off at their home. I was watching that game against the Spurs and their, their crowd was going insane. Yeah. Now that could be a factor. Home crowds are so important during playoffs. Being having in home court is so important. So they could win one game, but I'm pick for, my, for me, my pick is going to be 4 0. They're going to sweep them. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I think at worst, five, but would not surprise me if a sweep. Um, any last comments for this series? Well, it's pretty straightforward. No, it's pretty straightforward. It's like the best team in the NBA coming up against what was a ninth. They were ninth. They were in the plane, so they were, they were ninth in the West. Unfortunately for the Pels, good job. Got some cool players coming through. Got a bit of a chemistry now, but coming against a big dog like Suns, there's just no chance. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's good for the Pelicans as well in regards to next season. You know, you've got a platform. Let's yep. go one better. Let's try and keep Zion. Let's get him healthy and we'll reassess. But yeah. Yep. All right. This could be the fire, most fiery series in the first round. The number two Memphis Grizzlies, the biggest surprise in the NBA, in my opinion. Absolute superstar leading the troops versus the number seven seed. They've been great. This has been a great bounce back year. The Minnesota Timberwolves, mate, talk to me. What do we expect here? Is Jar ready to go? Is Towns ready to go? Ant Man, I love it. These teams are so similar in terms of they're they're very young, they're very fit, they're very athletic, and they both have fuck you attitudes. Mm. Now, what that means is like we don't care who you are. We're going to try. We're going to go out there and just kill it. We're going to try. And just beat you on every possession. We're gonna just gonna try and defend everything. And they're just gritty. They're both gritty and tough. I think, for me, the person, the, the edge is gonna be more towards Memphis. 
just because of how deep they are and just because they have the best player in the floor, John Morant. And they're just, they're just so, I don't know what it is, but they're just so gritty and tough. And I just can't wait for this series. This, probably, this, this series is um, probably my most tuned in to watch, personally. Just because of how fiery I think it's going to be. I think Pat Bev is going to do everything to get, under, get underneath John Morant's skin. Mm. And just make it very difficult for him, but I can just see some things, fiery things happening. You know, Dylan Brooks has a has a bit of a hot head, um, even Towns as well. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I'm really nervous about the whole Pat Bev thing because we've seen it in playoffs. He doesn't back down, and he goes at players. He's he's hurt Westbrook before, not intentionally, obviously. He just plays hard. But there's some niggly, just niggly shit that frustrates a lot of people. But let's just stick on Jar for a sec. We. We know the fantastic year you've had. If you haven't listened yet, our top 10 NBA players right now, John Morant, he's a top 10 player in the league, killing it. But is he ready to go? Because I don't, do you think the Grizzlies are just, have they been resting him, just getting him ready for the playoffs the last, you know, two or three weeks? Maybe, perhaps. I don't think it's anything to worry about because think about this. Without John Morant, they were like 20 and two. Yeah, they're phenomenal. You're right. They're unreal. They're that deep. They're very good. So guys like JJ, like Jaron Jackson Jr., your boy standing up, Dylan Brooks standing up, mm. you know, Steven Adams doing everything on the inside. So look, they're going to be primed and ready. And that house is going to be a rock in Memphis. Mm-hmm. You best believe it. Yep. Is there any key players for this series that need to stand up or just, you know, need to show up a bit? I think we know what we're going to get from the Memphis Grizzlies, mate, but I want to turn it over to the Timberwolves. So that play-in game, they came back against the Clippers. Fantastic. They were carrying on a bit, but good on them. They deserve it. It's been a long drought for Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns, that game, had 11 points, I think, four turnovers, and was sitting on the bench down crunch time. Because just because he gets himself in foul trouble, he can't defend very well. He just gets, he lets the emotions take over sometimes. So Kat, I love him with the ball, arguably the best scoring big man or shooting big man. Like a lot of people regard him to that. He's great, can shoot all over the floor, score. But he's just got to control his emotions and just try and defend and just try and keep this together. Yeah, look, we know what a, a talent a Towns can be on both sides of the ball. Mm. Um, for me, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, has boy. to not let Towns get into a groove. Just disrupt him any way he can. Because if you can disrupt him, then guys like Anthony Edwards, who's, who's in his second year, never been in playoffs. Like, this is a whole different beast. He's only 20 years old. Mm. No matter how good he's going to be in the future, this is a different beast. So if Jaron Jackson Jr. can just really get um, Towns in a funk, that's going to play massive for, um, uh, for Memphis. And I guess I'm going on to the other side, going to the Wolves now, Pat. Um, I'll look at a guy like um, D'Angelo, D'Angelo yep. Russell. D'Lo, yep. He needs to be the guy that controls the floor for the Wolves. Do you trust he him? He has the ball. Look, I, I know he can score in bunches, but I know he can be very... He, I know he, can, he can't as well. Like I know he, he just like flat out not score for two quarters or something, you know, for a half. So for me, he needs to control the floor, keep the guys in check, get guys like Beasley, Towns, and Ant-Man and get some good looks from them. Mm. Yep. I think it's up to him to really just control the team and let guys... Yeah, let... Try and let Ant-Man just try and get into a good groove. Get some good looks for Beasley from the three. Get Towns some good posts. Like get some, get, let, let Towns get some good post moves or get him some good balls inside. But um, yeah, that's, that's the guy I'm looking at to be the key player for yep. the Wolves. 
No, I, I spot on agree. I think D'Lo and Towns just have to be those leaders, organize the offense, and just, you know what you're going to get from Ant-Man. Yeah, he's inexperienced, but he's just going to play hard with energy and just let it rip. It's going to be interesting. So how many games in this series and who are you picking? I'm going to pick Grizz in six. Yeah, I think that's respectable and fair. I like it. I'm the same. Yeah. Five or six. Wouldn't surprise five, but you never know. Grizzlies could let the emotions, you know, get to them and get a bit nervous. If they lose the first, it's like, oh, we'll see. This is where I see the bad effect happen. Yeah. We know he might not score 15 a night or 10 a night, but he's going to do everything he can to disrupt you or disrupt your guards, you know, get under your skin, piss you off, force a tech and Spot get the on. crowd bumping. Spot on, mate. All right. The number three seed, the Golden State Warriors take on the number six Denver Nuggets. Today, Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time, has been cleared, ready to go for game one. Um, I just feel like for the Nuggets, arguably I've got the back-to-back MVP. He's the favorite right now to go back-to-back. I just feel like it's next year for them. They're just saving this all for next year. The rumors and reports where MPJ is going to come back, Murray's coming back. They're not back yet. We're going into playoff basketball where things are just 100 miles an hour, tough, gritty. I don't know if you risk them. I think it's been a fantastic year for Denver, but I just don't know. I just don't know. There's just too many question marks for them right now. Warriors, they've still got question marks in regard to Draymond Green. What are your thoughts here? Is it just as simple for the Warriors as get the players back? Because they've suffered injuries all year. Get them back. We've got the continuity. We've got the chemistry. We've played together. We're ready to go. Yeah, look, well, both these teams are very similar in terms of like they move the ball very well. Uh, they both have their big man running the offense. Um, they always try and get the best shot available, you know. Um, now, one thing for me is can can Denver match the Warriors bench? We know we know we're going to get out of Jokic. Mm. Now, can guys come off the bench when he's off and it's to hold hold the fort down, you know? Because mm. when guys like Jordan Poole come on, who's an absolute bucket, guys like Gary Payton who has come on and has disrupted you massively um, on defense, can they match it? For me, I don't think they, I don't think they can. But um, I think Jokic will probably be, the, obviously, the best player in a series, but Warriors will be the best, whether the best team in the series for me. Yeah. What about Clay Thompson? He's came back from two horrendous injuries. He's came back into the league just letting it fly. It hasn't been pretty, but they're just happy for him to get the repetitions in, let it fly, try and get some rhythm, get, you know, get that feeling back, get ready for the playoffs. Is there a world close game, game five, game six, even a game seven where Clay, sorry, mate, we don't need you right now. Pool, you've been fantastic all year. You're scoring, you've got 25 right now, 30 points right now. You're going in, let's go. Let's close this one out. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually have Clay here as my, one of my key players. Beautiful. Now, he needs to show up for me. He needs it because I think there's a lot of pressure because someone like Jordan Poole, he's just waiting in the wings. Mm. He's just uh, sitting and waiting, very young, very athletic, can shoot the ball from anywhere, really. Um, if Clay, I think we need Clay to be that old play. He's had plenty of games out under his belt. He's worked himself into the good, looking good into the postseason. Now, can he be the old play? Because if he can be the old Clay, then far out, watch out, really, the whole. The whole NBA. Yeah. Then we've got an issue on our hands. Then we have a major issue on our hands compared with the Suns. Um, so yeah, a lot of pressure on play to perform because if he doesn't perform and he doesn't average at least 20 per game, then late game situations, they might put Jordan Poole in. 
Mm. Well, now that could affect like his confidence. I don't know. Maybe not. You know, he plays a confident player, but mm. it's a bit of a fuck you, isn't it? If they do take him off in late game situations. It is, mate. And a lot of people with Jordan Poole, they're saying most improved this year. A lot of people have him down that I've been reading and listening to podcasts. And I'm pretty sure he's off contract or next year he's off contract. So someone's going to pay 20, 25, I reckon. This is his third season now. So um, going into next year will be his last of his rookie contract. So so he's going into a contract year next year. Well, I don't don't think if he plays Unreal again, I don't think Warriors are going to be able to afford him. Yep, that's what on. If he if he averages twenty points per game Pat, next season, or more, is he going to take fifteen mil from Warriors? I don't think so. Yeah, not unless there's, you know, Clay and Steph are whispering in his ear, "Just stay. You're the next guy. This is your team after us." I, the money's going to go at him. It's going to be a very interesting thing. Yeah. So, Draymond yeah. Green, Draymond Green, mate. We know the injuries he suffered. He was the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. He was pretty much going to walk over the line, and then he just came crashing down. This Warriors team is built around him defensively, offensively. He is the rock. He's the most important player, in my opinion. In this series, I don't think they can win the chip if he's 95, 96%. He has to be 100% for me, 100%. But this series, what happens if Green's 80%, 85%? Are they still good enough to get it done? Um, I think against a team without Jamal Murray and and Michael Porter Jr., yes. Mm. Just because I think they're just deep enough with Andrew Wiggins still there. Um, they got some good um, role players as well. Look, we know what Draymond Green brings to this team. Mm. Curry and Clay is the best backcourt of all time. Best shooting um, combo ever. Mm-hmm. But Draymond Green is the Warriors' spark plug. He gets them going on both ends of the floor. He gets Clay and Curry the best looks all the time. Mm. That's why they're able to shoot at such a high clip. Now, he needs to be, I think, you're right. In, in another series later in, in down, like in the second, third round, he will need to be 100% to be to compete with the big dogs. But I think being 80% will get them past this Denver team. Mm. But he has to be ready going on to the later, later rounds. It has to be 100%. But um, who wins? How many games? And if you've got any last, any last comments, chuck them in. Um, I'm going to say Warriors in six. I think, I, I know, I think Denver would minimum snatch a game off them. I'll give him a benefit of the doubt, seeing that Curry's coming back from injury. You know, a bit of pressure on Clay. Not much pressure on Denver to perform, um, given mm. two of the be- two of the top three best players on their team are not playing. So, I think it's either going to be five or six. I don't see going seven. I don't think they'll sweep him, but I'll go Warriors in six. Yeah, I think that's respectable, mate. Warriors in six. Yep. MVP, arguably back-to-back MVP. Jokic there. Um, and you're yeah. right. The Nuggets have been under the radar. There's no pressure. It's great for them. So can they thrive? You know, can they shut down? Or can Jokic take it to another gear? We're about to find out. Very exciting series. This could be the biggest first round series in the West. Unfortunately, there's going to be a superstar missing, but the Dallas Mavericks host number five, Utah Jazz. No Luca for games one and two. A lot of pressure, huge pressure, probably the most team with the most pressure on their back just to, to make some noise, the Jazz, can Spider stand up? It's going to be great. I'm really excited for this series, but just the no Luca just adds a bit of a dampener. So what do we expect here, mate? What are you excited for? Oh, look, it's really unfortunate. We, we're both really hyped on Luca and what he's going Huge. to be able to do in years to come. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to be MVP in the league. Possibility he's going to be an NBA champion as well. 
goes down as one of the all-time greats. Now, in saying that, this is really fortunate for Utah because they're going to get they're going to really lucky here. They're not going to have to verse on with the whole with the whole both teams. They're going to miss the best player in the fall, which is Luca. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to have team which is just full of role players, really, and all this pressure on Utah to perform with this with this deep team that I've had there for a few years. Um, I think they're going to come out of it because guys like Rudy Gobert are going to have to perform. Donovan Mitchell will do. I think he will always be good, but just their role players need to stand up. And there's just so much pressure on this Utah team, as you said. Mm-hmm. A few guys will be on a chopping block if they don't get it done because they don't get it done against a Dallas team without their best player for two games and then come back home potentially up 2-0 and still lose that series. Mm-hmm. Then really, it's going to be blown up massively. Yep. It's interesting because both teams are in a pickle here. You've got the Jazz, as you said, if, if they don't make noise, it's on the chopping block. Someone's going, something's moving. You go to the Mavericks, this is their third straight year in the playoffs. First two years, I've said it before on the podcast, they played the Clippers. They don't match up well with them. Luke has been fantastic in those series. His numbers, statistically, they, they can't slow him down really. Like he's just been fantastic. But you come in now, third year, Luke is better. The team's better. Defensively, they're better. Everything. They're great but he's not there. So it's like three years in a row, just disappointment. Like when are we going to take that next jump? It's just a real frustrating thing for Dallas fans. I can imagine. Is there a world pat where you could see, look, I, I don't think they're going to snatch a game with him without Luca, but if Utah are up two new and I go back home to Utah and Luca plays the third game, is there any world where this still goes to perhaps seven games and Dallas win? I think there's a world. Yes. Where they go seven. I think, Oh, well, I hope, because I just want to see a good series. I think the Mavericks, if, their goal should just be, if we can just get one at home, and it's going to give us a shot down the stretch with Luca just to get one on the road, and that's all they need, and then yeah. we can, we're going to get home court. So I don't think it will happen, but it just has to. I'm backing the Jazz as well. Same with you. I just, it's such a big blow, Luca, but I just, they can get one game at home just to start off the Mavericks, and we've got a series on our hands. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, look, it's... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Utah. Mm. I'm gonna pick him in six. I just think Luca out two games. If he comes back the third game, think of how many minutes he might play. You know, mm. it's gonna be a lot to ask for someone coming back from a calf injury where it could just seize up in the third quarter and you're done for the game. Yeah, and then you could be out next game. So it's just too much to ask for. I'm really unfortunate because I love Lucas. Like I love how he plays. Love what he's doing for the game. Oh, this I uh, wish wish he was playing because I give. I have no doubt they would have beat Utah and things yeah. would have been going very wrong down in Utah after the series. That's I'll say Utah in six, mate. Utah in six. Yeah, beautiful. My last comments as well. I think it's fascinating because the Mavericks, I'm pretty sure, play with the slowest pace in the league. They've got Luca. He just he glides through the air, just plays slow, can seize the floor, great passing, breaks down the defense. Like He's phenomenal. And then you go to the Jazz. And defensively, teams, the, the Jazz defensively, they've got arguably one of the best defenders in the league, Gobert. I know your thoughts on him, you're not too big, but teams now, when they play Utah, just want to run him off the floor and he can't stay. He can't stay there because he can't guard. He's getting little guys on him. He's getting put out on an island. They're blowing by him. They just drag him out and they're just running the floor. They're just playing super quick and he can't keep up. So they're just trying to run the Jazz off the floor. So now the Mavericks are slower. So it kind of works with the Jazz hand. So Jazz in six for me, mate. Well, look, Pat, just going off what you just said, Gobert, he, he leaves inside the paint. Now, when he moves outside the paint, he freezes up. Mm. He doesn't know where to look. He, he's trying to look for help. He can't get help. There's guards running around him. <laughs> I mean, I remember a few seasons ago, Curry made him do a 360 out in the perimeter and hit a three or I think I actually went for a layup. 
I remember yeah, that. He just looked like a clown. <laughs> you do remember that? Good. A lot of people would because I'm not a fan of Gobert. I'm not a fan of how he plays. He got paid too much. <laughs> and it's really unfortunate because if if Luca plays a series, they get they get blown out, and then so is that team, and he'd be the first one to go. Mm. But fortunate for him that Luke is not playing. Yep. Any last comments or that's the West for us? Uh, yeah, that's the West for us, mate. I think we've touched it pretty well. Beautiful. So, yeah, we've both we've picked the Suns to win, the Grizzlies to win, the Warriors to win, and the Jazz to win. So we're all we're on the same page at the moment, which is good. Now, the East. This has been a dogfight all year, all year. Probably 20, 30 games in, it just, things started to heat up. The Nets started dropping down. The Celtics went up. Your boys, phenomenal. Number one seed. The play-in race down the bottom. The Bulls are up the top. Now they're down in sixth. Toronto Raptors come out of nowhere. Bang, they're in fifth. They got it together. Scotty Barnes. The big trade for the 76ers. The Bucks, the champs, they were slow. They went to the top. Now they're sitting, like they tanked for the third seed. We can talk about that. This Eastern Conference is just a rat race. I can't wait to just dig my teeth in here, mate. So we'll start at the top. Your boys, the Miami Heat, take on number eight, Atlanta Hawks. Talk to me. Let it rip. Let's go. Yeah, man, as you said, the East has been just an absolute dogfight, chopping and changing innings all the time. But I will say about our team, I think our team has been one of the more consistent teams of the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been very fortunate to have the better side of the draw. We are missing out on Brooklyn, Boston, and Bucks. Now, I think those are three of the top four best teams in the East, and we're missing on them completely. So that's very fortunate for us to have home court all the way. Um, now, going into this matchup against the Hawks, Hawks are going to be missing now Clint Capella. They were already missing John Collins. So that puts a lot of question marks in terms of their front court and how they're going to defend because we're fully loaded. Um, we have good wing players, have some amazing straight bigs. And now it's just a lot of pressure on Trey to be literally the best player in the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, we're going to be throwing a lot of bodies at him and getting the ball out of his hands. You know, what do you think about in terms of that? Spot on. I think the Miami Heat, they're a top 10 defense. I think we'll, st- we'll stick on the defensive side. Bam and a bio. Guards one to five. Arguably, probably deserves defensive player of the year. The only thing I think that might come down to is games played, but he's just a monster. He's just a monster. And the Hawks, they've been disappointing all year from last year to this year. And I think you nailed it. They're going to force Trey, double team him, get the ball out of his hands. We saw what he did today in the playing. Absolute dropping bombs. He dropped 38 against the Cavs. He's in the playoffs now. He's, he's led the league. Trey Young's led the league this year in points and assists combined. He's phenomenal. I'm not the biggest fan, but I'm slowly, you know, I'm slowly turning the corner with him. I'm just appreciating him, but you just got to slow him down. And I think your team's built for that. You'll be able to do that. Yeah, for sure, Pat. I, I agree with that. They're going to have guys like Kyle Larry, massively experienced in playoffs and winning a championship. So he knows how, knows how to defend and play in mm. these series against a guy like Trey Young. They're going to, he's going to make it very tough for him. Um, we're going to have, I think we're going to have multiple guys throwing a trade, to be honest. I think it's going to be Kyle, Kyle anymore all the time. Um, a few wing players will, even Bam, even Bam will get out there. Just try and get him out of, not get him in any groove at all. Because mm-hmm. you know what happens once he gets in the groove. He'll just pull up from the logo. It doesn't give, he doesn't care. No. And he'll make him. For me, for the Hawks to be in this game, he's going to have to at least average 30 and 10. Now, go. that is a big ask, considering you don't have two, um, two of your good, Bigs playing, mm. and now you're going to have to look at guys like Bogdanovich 
Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter to stand up. And I just don't think these guys are going to stand up against this well-oiled defensive Miami team. Mm, I agree, mate. And I think we'll go to the offensive side for the ball for Miami because they're another team that like to play pretty slow. But Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year he will be. Is it fair to me for say, you know, you watch every game. I think he's, apart from Bam, but I think he's the most important player to the team. I just do. I think when it, not this series in particular, but when it goes deeper into the playoffs, when the game slows down even more, it gets more physical, his half-court offense is going to be crucial. There was, at the start of the year, he was pretty much, he was leading the, your team for shots, creating, taking more shots than anyone. He's just been phenomenal all year. And I just think he's crucial. When it stops that half-court offense, because there's no doubt Miami Heat will defend well. For me, it's just the offense. Having to yeah. being able to score enough points half-court. <laughs> That's my only question for the Miami side. I think they're built for it. I said at the start of the year, I don't think they're going to be, well, they've obviously proved me wrong in this statement. I thought they were going to be like, not, the, not at the top during the regular season, but obviously they are. They proved me wrong. But I said, this team is built for the playoffs. Look, I always feel safe when Bam's on the floor defensively. I just know what he's going to do. I know he's going to compete. I know he's going to guard one through five and just like disrupt any shots, block any shots, steal any mm. ball. But on the offense, I do agree with Holly Hero. He is very important to us. When he's had games where he has nights off, it just looks a bit dysfunctional. And we're just sort of looking around for Tyler. Like, when's he going to come out and just going to score 10 points in five minutes? You know, when's he going to hit a couple mm. of threes? He's going he's to have that step back. He's going to create scoring for other people because he is a good facilitator as well. He's come very well this season in terms of, like, just um, moving the ball around and getting guys open and getting guys good looks. To me, offensively, he is the most important on our team. And... Just no doubt, I think he'll come off the bench against this Hawks team and just put up at least 20 points per game. Couldn't agree more. Um, you're obviously biased, mate, but what do they get it done? Four, five, six if they're lucky, five games? Is that fair, Miami? I'd be annoyed if we let them get to six games considering the injuries and, and given we have home court and we're fully loaded. Um, I'll, give, I'll give Hawks one game. They could win one game at home. So I'll say they'll go get in five, but I wouldn't be surprised if we swept them. Yeah, beautiful. I couldn't agree more. Any last comments on this series? Are you happy just to enjoy it? I just hope for me, by biasy reasons, that we just get a good flow going into the playoffs. I want us, because I think we have the team to compete for a championship. So mm. we're number one seed. We're big expectations given the team. Let's hope we can get some good, get a bit of a groove going. And guys like Jimmy Butler can just like shut down all this noise that's been going on in the later part of the season. That's it, mate. Winning. Winning shuts everyone up. Love it. Winning matters. Winning matters. Spot on. All right. This is the series I'm looking forward to the most. I think number two, the Boston Celtics and the seven. They've crept their way out of the bloody play-in, the Brooklyn Nets. They've had a wild season, but they've made it. Talk to me, mate. What are you excited for? What are you expecting in this series? Because you've got elite scorers, arguably the best in the league, Kevin Durant. Jason Tatum's made that jump. Kyrie Irving's back can play at home. It's got it all. It's got it all. Now, Pat, I'll be so surprised if this does not go at least seven games. Same. And I'll be pissed off because I want this to go seven games. <laughs> this is very... This, this was my other... The top two. For, so Wolves and Memphis was the one I was going to. And this is the other, the other one. I'm looking forward to this most because I just remembered now, Kyrie, a few seasons ago, was on Boston. He mm. came out and said, look, I want to sign an extension with you guys. Many times the Nets. Now, there's he, when he every time he's going back to Boston, there's always been a bit of drama going on there. So I know that's just going to add to the series. Sorry, mm -hmm. um, 
and and a guy like Marcus Smart, it's just going to take take all this on and just take his big job on his guard Kyrie to the floor. Like he's going to that matchup is very juicy. It's going to be personal. Like the matchup between yeah, it's going to be personal, I think. And then the other matchup I'm looking forward to is Tatum and KD. Now, what do you think? Do you think they're going to guard each other? I feel like they're going to have to. I think Brown, from Tatum and Brown will guard KD, but mostly I just feel like them two are just going to go at it. I think from the net side of the ball, they need KD to try and stop Tatum. But God, there's not. I don't think there's anyone else on this team. Maybe Brown, Bruce Brown, that can slow him down a touch. But Jason Tatum's on another level right now. Yeah, I can't. As you said, I can't wait. I don't know who's going to get the edge over each other. Like personally, KD or Tatum, but. They're going to need someone to try and slow him down because Tatum is uh, just, he's a motherfucker right now. It's as simple as that. Yeah, look, to me, when it gets, this is one of those things where it's going to be like, in the fourth quarter, there's going to be no team plays, I feel like. It's just going to be like, KD runs up the floor and says, get the fuck out of my way. I want to get us a bucket. (laughs) And on the other end of the floor, it's going to be the exact same with Jason Tatum. Because when he has the ball, he doesn't pass. Mm. He doesn't say, fuck you, get out of the way, I'm going to score. I just feel like we're going to get a lot of that. And I, I don't mind that because we're, they're both highly, highly talented, high-scoring players. And I just hope it's going to be like that. Well, both these teams as well, which, which is great, are on two different levels. You've got Boston, Celtics. I think they're the best defensive side in the league since the All-Star break. They've been phenomenal. They've been on a tear. Check the numbers. And then you've got the Nets who... They pretty much bank on outscoring. You obviously got to outscore a team to win, but their offense, they bank on their offense just being high octane, KD, Kyrie, give me 60 every game kind of thing. Paddy Mills trying to do his thing. Curry, he's banged up, but he's got to have to knock down some big shots. It's going to be interesting. So I just, I just don't know how the Nets stop the Celtics. Like they just can't defend. I was about to get to that point. Now saying in that signing fire, Pat, who is their best defender on the Nets team? Probably, probably KD. Now, is KD a natural defender? Not natural. It's underrated, but he's obviously more known for his offense. And you don't want him gassing out on defensively because that takes away from the rock in the hand. Now, we know what KD can do offensively. You know, he's the best player in the world, offensive juggernaut, go down as one of the best scorers of all time, no doubt. Now, is this going to be too much for him to try and back up offensively with defense? Because he's going to have to be that guy He's going to have to help on the wing, going to help on the inside. And then in that, he's going to have to lead to average 30 points per game. I just don't know if that's going to be too much going this long series with, cool. this, with just how good they are on both sides of the ball, Boston. Because they're both, both very good on both sides of the ball. It's just going to be too much mm. for Katie have to do all things on both sides of the ball. Well, we saw it last year with Durant. What was he averaging? 46, 46 minutes a game. And what they lost in, was it game seven they lost? No, game six they lost to the Bucs. Um, I think it went seven games. Seven games. Yeah, well, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, seven games. It went, it, it went seven games. And he was averaging 45 minutes a game. And he was, he was fucked. He was fucked. He gave I it dare his say, all. I dare say Pat is going to average that again. And same with Kyrie is going to have to... Kyrie will average minimum 40 per, uh, minutes per game as well. We've, we've watched a lot of um, Nets games and we've been hanging out down at card shops and stuff and talking basketball. Kyrie Irving, when I've been watching hasn't taken the offense. He hasn't, give me the ball. I'm going to run the plays or I'm going to do this. I know it's not his natural game. He's a great ball handler and he's a great scorer. But he just has to try and, as you said, release some pressure for KD. You can't let him do it all. He just has to, t- he has to stand up. Kyrie's probably my, 
my biggest swing piece in this series. You know what you're going to get from KD. Kyrie just, he needs to be averaging close to 30, 30 a game for me. And then you're just going to get your role players, you know, your Bruce Browns trying to make big stops, big shots. He's going to get lots of opportunities. Curry, he's banged up. He has to get into a nice flow. Dragic, when he comes on, running the offense, just he's got experience. It's the role players. Kyrie for me and the role players just have to stand up. You know, Drummond, he's going to get those big boards. But if he gets hacked, hacked in the fourth quarter, he's got to knock down free throws. That's a huge ask. Huge ask. It's, yeah, what a series. Yeah, I agree with that in the sense that the, the role players need to stand up. And for me, Kyrie needs to be that guy mm. who also needs to control the floor. Because Kyrie's a point guard, but Kyrie naturally doesn't play the kind of point guard role all the other guards play. For me, he's a kind of off-the-ball kind of player or more of a, okay, give me the ball down the post. I will try and work on this guard one-on-one move. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy who's going to be in a lot of pick and rolls, going to be swinging the ball around. He's He's kind of off the ball kind of player for me. Mm-hmm. That's the way he plays. But he's going to have to play the more traditional point guard role to get everybody into good rhythm, everyone good looks during a game. And guys mm-hmm. like, yeah, Bruce Brown, Curry, Dragic, they're going to have to be ready to hit those shots because when they come off and they double team Kyrie, KD, they have to be there and be ready. Yeah. And there's a lot to ask for, isn't it? It is. That's my biggest swing piece, the Kyrie and the role players. Because yeah, I guess my last comment for the Nets, which helps a bit, the, the Boston Celtics are missing time lord. What's his name? The big fella that's been defending. Oh, Robert, Robert Williams. Robert Williams, sorry, yeah. Um, that's It works into the Nets' favour just, but Boston, is it? were you surprised that um, the Boston Celtics were favourites in this one? Oh, That's fair. I think just given what, what ha- was happening in the season for the Nets, I think that's very why, you know. Mm. They went on a massive losing streak, a lot of injuries, a lot of a lot of question marks surrounding the role plays and Ben Simmons and drama of Harden and just all that kind of stuff. You know, Boston they hit just hit the ground running the second half of the season. Tatum has been one of the best players in the league as well. Probably almost go probably will he's definitely gonna be an all NBA player, but he could be a first team all NBA, perhaps. I think he is bro. that. I know I th- I don't for me I don't have him in my first team. Um Ooh, I can okay. let you know that. But you know, he could. This thing he could be first team. So I'm not surprised that the odds are very close as well. All right. I guess the biggest question, mate, who are you taking? How many games? Um, just with the edge and then perhaps they might get Time Lord back later in the series and they have home court, I'll give Boston in seven. And now, as I said, I'll be very surprised and disappointed if it doesn't go seven. Beautiful, mate. I like this because I'm on the other side of the fence here. I've got the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, seven games. I think it's going to be a long series. And yeah, we'll, we'll wait. We'll sit back, wait and see. This is the series I can't wait for the most. It's, it's fascinating. The little matchups, how the Nets try and make stops and defend, how the Celtics do defend. I just can't wait. I just can't wait. Yep. So, yep. Any last comments or you, we roll on? Mate, I'm rolling on. I'm happy with that. I can't wait for that series. Beautiful. The reigning champs, number three, Milwaukee Bucks, take on the number six, Chicago Bulls. My first question for you, it's not about the series. What's your thoughts on the, what the Bucs did the last day of the season? They purposely dropped down to the third seed. They could have had number two. They avoided the Nets. I don't think it's because they're scared. I just think it's a smart move regarding, we've just won a chip. We just need a bit of breathing room. We're still going to get home court against the, the Brooklyn side if they get through and we get through. And it's as simple as that. Look, the Bucs are the reigning, premier, the reigning champions. 
I don't think they're going to be scared of anyone. Anyone, yeah. <laughs> not scared of anyone. They're not going to be thinking, okay, I want to drop down and not verse him. Honestly, bro, they don't. They don't, not, they don't think like that. They don't care. Mm, good. They're, they're, they're just, <laughs> there's no way that they would have thought, all right, let's drop this game so we have to miss out on the struggling nets mm. or whatever. Yeah. You know, all the drama that's been happening there. They're just too good. Yeah, awesome. I'm glad we're on the same page because... There were some people blowing up about it. And I just thought, like, I know they were blowing up about it last year when the Clippers tried to avoid the Lakers, and it was just, what are you fucking idiots thinking? Like, they've just come off the chip. They're not scared of anyone. But anyway, we'll get to the no. series, mate. For the Bulls, I believe, no Lonzo, huge blow. They've just been, we talked about it before, the Bulls suffering so many injuries. It's really unfortunate. But I guess the only question i have just start with, who's going to guard Giannis? Who the fuck stops the best player in the world? Oh. <laughs> Who stops oh, him? Me. Gosh. <laughs> Well, if Vucevic is guarding Lopez, then poor Patrick Williams is going to have to guard Giannis, isn't well, he? He's come um, off a bloody season-long injury, pretty much. Oh, what's doing, honestly? I don't care who you are. You can't guard Giannis anyway. And a guy coming into his, in his second year, first time in the playoffs, is going to have a horrible time. He's going to have the worst time. And I feel sorry for this team. I feel yeah. sorry for Bulls because they've done well this season. They have. But it is so horrible against the top teams. Mm. Not proven to beat them. Even though how good they've been versus other teams, it's not proven to beat these top quality teams. And it's going to be a long, horrible series for the Bulls. Mm. Um, yeah, no Lonzo, as you said. So that takes that puts a lot of pressure on Levine and DeRozan to come out and just facilitate and score in high clip. And guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Milton are going to make it a terrible time for them. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more, mate. Everything has to run through those two. Defensively, I said at the start of the year with Chicago, I was worried about it. Offensively, they're great. But we know this Bucks side, when they won the chip last year, I think they were top two. Or, I think they were the best defensive side in the league. I know they were top three. I, I just think for them, it's just been a matter of just waiting to the playoffs and then we're just going to switch that, you know, just switch the, um, the switch on. So I don't really have much to say for this. We know what we're going to get out of holiday. Middleton, he was phenomenal last last playoffs. I think he's he hasn't been as good, but he's going to try and build into get some momentum going in. I, I really, it sucks because the Bulls deserve a lot more respect than we're giving them. It's just how sometimes it falls for them. Yeah, it is unfortunate, really. Um, I get. I guess a thing a key thing I want to talk about or something to note: Drew Holiday is going to make the backcourt the most nightmarish time of their life because. Mm. Give all full wraps to Marcus Smart and what he's done this year, but Drew Holiday is the best defensive guard in the NBA, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Oh, he's a fucking bulldog. I think we do best give... Best defensive res- guard. Yeah, yep. No, I, I agree with that. That's a great statement. Now, guys like Levine and uh, I guess Crusoe will be in, will fill in for Lonzo, just going to have a bit of a hard time trying to score or try and get some type of, type of like guys going. And I look at a guy, I think the key player for the Bulls might need, might need to be Vucevic. Now, Vucevic's going to have to come against Lopez, Giannis, and Middleton inside. But he needs to be aggressive and just be an absolute dog inside. He has to do everything he can because mm. he, needs, he needs an average like 20 and 10 minimum. I know it's going to be hard against a good rebounding team like Bucks, but he needs to step up and be that big man, that just that bulldog for the team because there's no other help on the inside for Bulls. I agree, mate. I agree. What, how many games and what are we thinking with the Bucs? Oh, geez, Pat. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucs won double digits every game. 
for me, Bucks are winning in four. There it is. Yep. I might say five just to give the Bulls a bit of respect in regards you, to... You have... I know you give respect, but I know you're a nice guy, Pat, but really, you <laughs> see them winning one game. You're, you're a flat-out nice guy. We all know that. <laughs> but can, take that nicest in a way. Can you, can you see it all? I can't. Bulls winning a game against this Bucks team. I can't. But the only reason I say maybe five is just because... I said it before, the Bucs have been a bit creaky. They've gone up and down like a roller coaster all year, but I think they're just waiting to, as I said, put that switch on, playoffs, and just go bang. But yeah, there could be a game, you know, you know, teams, they shoot 50, 60% from three. They're leading 15, 18 points at the half. It's like we're on the road. Uh, we've already, you know, we've already won game three. Let's just let this slip and we'll get them at home. But I, I think it will most likely be a sweep. So we'll see. Maybe I'm just too nice, yeah. but Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. no doubt, mate. All right. 4v5, this is probably the series, one of the series, apart from the Nets series, I wanted to talk about the most because we've got the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Toronto Raptors. And I am, I'm actually terrified to be a basketball fan here. And I'm scared for 76ers fans because if things don't go right and they crash out, that city is going to burn. They're going to burn the fucking arena. They've got the... And we know how much cut this team, this uh, fan base... They're savages. Savage. They'll let you know about it. They'll they'll boo you off the court at halftime. I'm, I'm honestly scared. If they crash out, you've got a top two or three MVP candidate. They've made the biggest trade in the trade deadline for James Harden, who came in first two or three games, was fantastic. But guess what? They were against not the best teams. Now, you've just got this long, aggressive unorthodox Toronto Raptors side, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, OG Nobi, Van Fleet. It's going to be so interesting. And, you know, to top that off, Matisse Thibault, our Aussie, he can't play away in um, Toronto because apparently he got the first shot of COVID for COVID and didn't decide to get the second. So now he's stuffed. Things just don't, they don't match up for the 76ers right now. They're just, I'm a bit on tilt with them. I'm, I'm scared. And I know the big question is who stops Embiid if they can slow him down, but the pressure on Harden, holy fuck. Mate, the pressure on Harden. Now, Harden came out and said he doesn't think he has any pressure on him. And there's fucking every chance in hell that he does have. He's the most... Harden has all the pressure in the world. Number one on the list. Has to be. 100%. Because what you've demanded out of last season, these last seasons, and you've made it to be other guys or other teams responsible, you're the one who's always in a drama. You're called... You've called out trying... You want to swap teams. Guys are not playing to standards well you're not playing to standards and as as we said before this philly fan base is cutthroat they'll let you know about it now what does harder need to do what is what does he need to average in this series do you think if i'm honest bro i don't think the numbers give it i don't think i don't think we even have to worry about the numbers i think it comes down to to the eye test just to win the eye test try and run the offense don't let the Give Embiid, let it, this is Embiid's team. Let him take over, mm-hmm. let him control. Just try and fill in, be that next guy just to keep the minute stable. I, I don't know. I just think it's try and get your body. Try and play defense. Get in the right spaces. Might make closeouts. Just have effort in defense because this Toronto team, they're long, they're aggressive. They're going to get so much, they're going to get into his grill. They're not going to back down. So numbers wise, 25, he's got to try and have 10 assists, I think. He's got to try and spread the ball around. I mean, Look, I said I said he might on my notes. I I said at least twenty five, six and eight, okay. twenty five points, six rebounds, eight assists. Yep. 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 That ha- 
points can matter, but you you need to be involved. Exactly. Because when if Embiid come, if Embiid's on the bench, you need to be on the floor. I think. Oh, they got to stagger. You for need sure. to, you need, yeah, you got to be on the floor with like like with Harris, um, maybe with Maxi and so, like George George's knee anchors. You need to get these guys some good looks, and you need to be a guy to get to the free throw line as well. Mm. Just we know what we know how much of an offensive juggernaut Harden can be, and what he's proven to be MVP of the league, all that. But we just know when it comes down to the big games, to the big moments, to the to the playoffs, he's just crumbled. Yep. And this is not this is not us shitting on him because you said it before and I've said it a million times. I think he's an offensive juggernaut. I think there's a handful of guards in this league that can score the ball like he does, the step back, facilitate, create shots. Like I like him and I'm I'm rooting for him. Like I wanted to see him succeed and shut a few people up. But there's always that doubt. So the pressure on him, as you said, is through the roof. Astronomical. Embiid, who stops him? That's fascinating. He's going to, I think, if he doesn't win MVP, which we're not going to find out, but before oh. the series, he, I just think he's going into the playoffs with so much anger, hatred. I think he's in for a big one, a big statement. I'm willing to put on money who'll average 30 and 10 in this series. I wouldn't be surprised M- either. Minimum. Yeah. If he comes, if Jokic if Jok- if or Giannis wins, and they're playing. He he has a big bucky attitude as well, mm. and he doesn't. He'll he'll drop on you anyway. Like he'll do everything he can just to just to kill you on the interior. Um. So if that happens, even though still he, if he does win, I think he'll still be a ma- major factor, the mm. top point scorer of the series. But as you said, I don't know who guards him. Do they just throw a lot of bod- bodies at him? Do they just get the ball out of his hands and let guys like Maxi has no playoff experience? Mm. like try and make plays or these other role players because another thing I don't know if you noted already but Matisse Thibel he'll be out due to vaccination and now does that mean vaccination because he can't play in Toronto right. so he can still play in Philly or is he out for the series just Toronto I believe now that plays heavily into Toronto's court because at home they're very they're, they play very well at home mm. big fan base um no title means they have no good guys on the wing defensively. Yep. And he just kind of, Matisse just like kind of just scraps around and picks up all the loose change, you know? Does mm. all little things that are not showing up on a, on a stat sheet. And guys like Harden and Maxi are going to have to try and duplicate that almost. Because mm. they went, they didn't have to do that at all while, while Matisse just did everything yep. on a defensive side in terms of the, on the wing and uh, guarding other guards. Yeah. So that's a big loss to them, you know, and that just sort of, I don't know what it does in terms of like how, what, how they play. But as you said, these Toronto players is long. I want to touch on the Toronto. Who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be that closer? Because if you look at the Toronto, they don't have a star. I think they don't have like a big name, big name player. Who's going to be that go-to guy down the stretch? I think you look at guys like Van Fleet started the fantastic. He's cooled off a little bit, but I think Siakam, Pascal Siakam, I just, there was rumors, trade rumors before the deadline and Toronto are in that funny spot. Like we've got Scotty Barnes. Now do we rebuild around these younger guys and just give it a few more years or do we try and get more help? And we're still a good side. And look, they finished the fifth seed. Fucking fantastic. So Siakam trade rumors, the, the run, the rundown to the playoffs, the stretch, the last stretch of the, the season, he's been incredible in my opinion. I think he can do it on both ends of the floor. I don't think he's a superstar. I don't think he can shoot lights out, pull up from 30, all that sort of stuff. But I think they'll look to him a lot. I just think this team is just long, unorthodox, and they've got a good style, and they just all play together as a team. Scotty Barnes, I think he has to, not that he's the 
like the swing piece because he, he runs the offense or he's playing the five or he's on the wing defensively. He's a fucking monster. So I don't, he's got a big ask first year going into the playoffs. It's great. But I think you probably look at a few guys to stand up, but I'm expecting Scotty, if the occasion get, doesn't get too big for him, he can make it, you know, have a good series. But I think Siakam's probably the, the main guy been there before done it, won a chip, you know, he's got to, he's got to stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Van Fleet as well, just as much pressure because he's a point guard. He has to take control of the floor. He has to allow guys like Siakam get in the good groove. He has to allow guys like Gary Trent Jr. is a microwave. Now, he's had multiple 30-point games for them this season. Now, if he, can get, if he can get him going and scoring at a high clip in bunches, then that puts Toronto, the ball's in Toronto's court because then you don't have a guy like Matisse guarding him. So that's just another offensive factor that Toronto have. So, yeah, Van Fleet has to be that guy to control the floor, get guys good looks, get Siakam in a good groove and just get them going. Because yep. if they do, then they have just as much chance to win. Imagine, mate, game one or two on the road, the Raptors steal one. Imagine the media, the hype. Harden has a bad game. Or Embiid, the pressure. You know? Oh. And you know these journalists, these media, ESPN, first take, whatever it is, they'll find anything and they'll just – expand it they'll just they'll blow it up and they love putting players they love giving players a lot of pressure a lot to handle and just talk about them and a guy like giant james harden who's been the center of all this drama over the past few seasons is gonna cop it heavily right you nailed it the first game game one we're recording here it's a saturday tomorrow sunday game one 8 a.m for us in australia in sydney Imagine we wake up, people listen to the playbook. Oh, you know, Mitch and Pat, they were talking about this last night. Bang. The Raptors have got the first game. Imagine if that happens. And yeah, I've got nothing else to say. I'm just so fascinated by this game. The superstars in it, the stars, both sides of the ball, defensively, offensively, how things flow, the matchups. What do you reckon, mate? Six, seven games, five games? Who have you got? Talk to me. I'll be honest. I've, been, I've chopped and changed. I've picked Toronto. I've picked Philly. I've changed back. I said this many games. Look, the best player on the floor is Joel Embiid. He's a top three MVP candidate. Um, he's looking on to potentially win. So I just have to give that. They have the best player on the floor. The best big there. I don't think anyone's going to be able to guard him. Mm. I'm going to have to give the edge to Philly. But I will say this. I think I can see this going seven games. Just given the fact that Matisse is out for the, the Toronto games. Mm. Harden, a lot of pressure on him. Potentially, a lot of bodies can be thrown at Embiid, but I think just that little bit, just having that best player on the floor in Embiid, probably the two best players on the floor, two best players on the floor, mm-hmm. like Embiid and Harden, didn't yep. just give them that edge to win for me. Awesome. I want to say Toronto, I really do, but I'm the same. NBA basketball is one of the only sports in the world where superstars take over games and can single-handedly win them. So I think you've got the best two players on the floor. The pressure's with them, but... They need to make a statement, and I think they most likely will. So I think 76ers in six or seven. I think that's, that's pretty fair. So that's our East, mate. We've both gone Miami. You've gone Celtics. I've gone Nets. Both gone Bucks, and we've both gone 76ers. So should we um, lock in a few bets for the first round? Yeah, just I think we should lock in a few multiplayers and some single plays just based off some of the series. Just quickly, Pat, do you want to – do that little head-to-head we had last, last year going? 
I know we have a lot of similar series outcomes, but yeah, let's do it. Do you, do you, do you want to make up for your, for your bad loss last year? Mate, the listeners do need to know that you're a top bloke. I, um, we sorted that out and I think we're out one day and you, you did the beers that I got you. You, um, you gave me a few ice cold ones and we enjoyed, yeah. and enjoyed a barbecue together. It does which was go, great. It, they do go down well when you're a winner as well. <laughs> Winning, winning matters, and that felt very good. Beautiful, mate. Yeah, let's do it. Bit of fun. We'll do the same thing. 50 bucks for a case of beer. Um, I think the only series we've got different here is Celtics, and I've gone Nets, obviously, so beautiful. That could be the one. All right, our bets for the first round. This segment is brought to you by Top Sport. All the top offers, all the top odds only at Top Sport. Please gamble responsibly. It's crucial. And in our Top Sport account, all funds go to charity. So we're going to put it towards mental health. Critical, crucial, once again, really important. So please gamble responsibly. This is for content, bit of fun. And um, let's rip in, mate. So we've got a little multi here at $3.72. You can get a top-up token for a bit more juice, but we've gone series wins. We've gone Grizzlies to win, Warriors to win, Miami Heat to win, Phoenix Suns to win, Milwaukee Bucks to win, and the Utah Jazz to win. Do you have any comments on that, mate? Uh, yep. So is that a six leg? Six leg multi. Six leg multi. That that is very good. I think that's very very high possibility. Uh, we're taking it. We're leaving out the Philly, Toronto, and Brooklyn Nets because that is just too close to call. But mm. I think the these six are. I think all those odds is very good. Yep. You can get anywhere between three fifty and four dollars. I think you're you're licking your lips. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you? Putting out in terms of how much to bet, I think this is sort of like if you're a unit player and your average is like twenty, fifty dollars or whatever. I think this is like a three-unit play for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm I'm probably going to put three units on myself. I think very high chance it wins at it wins at odds, mm. and I'm very happy with that. Yeah, there's probably four, probably five. I'm really confident with here. So I agree. I agree, mate. It's all um just yeah. Everyone gamble responsibly. Three dollars seventy-two. Top sport, Grizzlies, Warriors, Heat, Suns, Bucks, Jazz, bang. Now, some single plays, the reigning champs. We talked about the preview before, but we've got $3.50 for the Bucks to sweep 4-0. But I found a little loophole here, listeners. You can get $3.75 for the series to be four games. So essentially, oh, it is a sweep. Bucks, four games, $3.75. Talk to me, brother. Yeah, look, I mentioned this is a bet I mentioned to you before. I'm highly confident on this one, and I gen I genuinely think it's going to be an absolute sweep. Uh, those odds are very juicy. I'm getting on myself for sure. Those odds. Um, I think the Bucks are too much for the Bulls. When it gets down to like the late third, fourth quarter, they're just going to run out of steam, and Bucks is going to topple over. Beautiful, mate. All right, the best team in the regular season this year. Fucking phenomenal. I love watching them. They're just a well-oiled machine. They're in the finals last year. They lost. They've got the biggest chip on their shoulder. The Phoenix Suns to sweep 4-0. You're going to get about $3 for that. Just over $3. Thoughts on this one, brother? Yeah, just another thing. Just, just like the Bucks, you know, just, they're very deep, um, very good defensively. And then when they get going on offense, they score in bunches very quick. And a team like, Pels who aren't going to be deep enough face this team are going to have a very, very hard time trying to compete bucket to bucket, you know, and their bench is just not going to be good enough for them. Guys like CJ and Brennan Ingram are going to stand up massively and just don't see them, you know, averaging 30 points a game against this 
well-oiled machine that is Suns and guys like Devin Booker and Chris Paul who are just gonna just gonna be absolute beasts. Yeah, Suns are fresh, ready to go. It's yeah. Pels have one day to pair for this team. Suns have had a week off. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be awful, fit and healthy, ready to go, and they're just gonna hit the ground running. Yeah, you go to Phoenix, you're down two 0 You get home, try and rev up for Game Three. Oh shit, we're down again, and then you can just throw the towel yeah. in. So I'll post everything yeah, on the I'll playbook get- on Insta, and yeah. Yeah, sure. We'll get those our bets up on the on the on the page. I think they're very favorable, honestly. Would not be surprised if all of them hit. I know. I think I'm very confident in the multi. I think mm-hmm. that's the most confident play for me in in those bets. What do you think? Yeah, excited for the multi. I like how we've taken the other singles. You know, and you can mix and mingle. I'm a you know how much a degenerate I am. <laughs> you know, I'm probably gonna have to. You know, I'm gonna probably gonna put in Suns and Bucks to sweep four 0 each in a little double up multi. That's gonna play. I'll be loaded. Mate, that's a broken 12, 13, $14. Licking your lips. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, what a podcast. We've we've nailed our draft at the start. Bit of fun. Talked about the Lakers. We don't talk about them anymore. We don't want to hear that L word. Accountability, hot takes, betting, preview, all eight series, all teams. Any last comments? Any last words? Um, no, mate. Just make sure you, you're, you're going to be at home or wherever you're going to be get settled and get ready for some juicy matchup because I can't wait to talk about this in the next round. Awesome, bro. As always, we'll um, round by round, we rip through it, pull it apart, and I just can't wait. It's just mouth-watering. So really appreciate your time and um, enjoy the basketball, bro. We'll see you in round two, eh? No worries, mate. I can't wait. Let's, uh, let's have a good time watching these playoffs and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playable. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playbook. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.